All right, folks, welcome back. We're only a few days away from the opening game of the 2021-2022 UMass hockey season. They open as the number one ranked team in the country following their national championship victory last year. And I'm joined today, my name is Nathan Strauss, joined by Andrew Golden and Devin Dobek for what must be the first UMass hockey hour in its entire existence without Colin Casey, who has graduated to pastures greener but guys it is a pleasure to be here um and i for one am just incredibly excited for this season to get underway yeah really looking forward to it here nathan got a big opponent coming for a nice two game set saturday sunday should be great and the defending national champs are ready to drop a banner on the mullen center so i'm realizing now i was going to ask you guys about sort of what you're going to expect from the mullen center but both of you are sophomores and neither of you have ever actually gotten to experience the Mullen Center with people in it. Um, is that a little weird for you guys? Like thinking that your only experience so far with UMass hockey has been, um, you know, largely through television screens. Truth be told for me, I've always been, both my parents went to UMass. So I've definitely been in the Mullen Center and seen some great games, especially couple years ago when they started to become ranked and beat uh, top 10 teams. So I've gotten a little taste of it, but never been in a sold out arena. And it's pretty surreal to be able to enter into something like that. And as you said, Nathan, just a sophomore uh, coming off back to back national championship appearances. Um, the energy is going to be great. And, you know, UMass starting to become a bit of a hockey school. So the school spirit is definitely going to be invested in the hockey team. And I'm looking forward to experiencing that energy after a COVID year last year. And Andrew, what about you? I know you actually were, you were down. Well, actually, I think all three of us were down in Pittsburgh, correct? For the, for the frozen four last year. I did not make it, unfortunately. Um, I forget what I had going on, but it was just would have been a time crunch. I would have had to leave like late, like cup, like five in the morning the next day. So it wouldn't have worked out, but I definitely was watching, uh, cheering on the boys, but Definitely a little upset I didn't make it to Pittsburgh, but I know you and Andrew had a good time. Yeah, so Andrew, you actually got to witness the last time, you know, UMass played, and you also got to see Minnesota State in action in the first game of the of the national semifinal. I don't know about you, but I thought that they were going to win their game for just about two and a half periods of, of that semifinal game. What should we be expecting from this Minnesota team? Yeah, uh, the first uh, the first game of the Frozen Four was a high-flying back-and-forth game between Minnesota State and uh, St. Cloud State, who UMass eventually went on to beat in the finals. Um, so you, we should be expect, expecting that high high-caliber offense from Minnesota State. And I know that UMass is going to be uh, well prepared for that with uh, all of the additions that they have made, plus the people that are sticking around. Um, Scott Morrow being a being a great uh, freshman defenseman addition. Um, the just going to fill in for some of the guys that have left, like um, Mark Del Gaizo, who has gone on to the Nashville Predators organization. Um, just examples like that and. Matt Murray coming back is also, um, I think it's going to help a lot, especially considering the way he ended his season last season um, with uh, a really solid 
uh, win against um, uh, Minnesota Duluth. Uh, I think I think that's going to give him a lot of confidence coming into this this season as the clear cut starter. And I think all that's going to help UMass uh, this weekend against, uh, like I said, an, another tough opponent in Minnesota State and Mankato. Yeah, so I mean, I think we may as well go over the list of players and coaches who have departed the program. Uh, Ollie Chow is now with Quinnipiac. Phil Laganov is at UVM. Um, obviously, we'll see him this year. And I would safe to say Laganov went out on a high after you know scoring one of, if not the best goal in UMass program history. Certainly up there in terms of just pure style. Carson Gusevich, who was obviously only part of the program for a year, um, but, you know, was, as, as Coach Carvel described him, the heartbeat of the team. He's now with Rockford, Chicago's AHL team. Uh, Philly Lindbergh got some nice time yesterday for Pittsburgh in their preseason game. He obviously signed with the Penguins, so he can continue to have some fun down there at PPG Paints Arena. Uh, Mark Del Geizo with the Predators. Colby Vergara is still at UMass in school, but he's not uh, playing this year. Jake Gaudet is with the Lake Monsters. Well, he's with the he signed a, a deal with Columbus, but he'll be with the Lake Monsters, likely um, the AHL affiliate out there. Uh, John Franco Casero, who I think ended up playing a lot more minutes than people thought he would after entering his name to the transfer portal. He has joined uh, Coach G Mike's old crew at RIT. And Zach Jones is uh, obviously with the Rangers now. George Mika now works um, in finance in New York City. He'll likely be at the banner unveiling this weekend. And of course, Ben Barr is now the head coach at the University of Maine. So plenty of fresh faces. But uh, Devin, when we talked with, with Coach Carvel today, he didn't seem like um, he was too, too worried about integrating the new guys uh, with this program. Yeah, Matt Lindsay was hired, um, and he's really excited about Matt. Matt is a guy who definitely showed that he wanted to coach at UMass expressed a lot of interest and that's what coach Carver was looking for. Uh, really someone, a go-getter who wanted to do pretty much anything to get this job. And that's what he's gotten Matt Lindsay, but you could definitely see he was a little upset uh, with the departure of Ben Barr, but Ben, a great guy, a great coach. He's going to do great things at Maine. They'll cross passes several times throughout the season. And those will be some pretty cool matchups behind the uh, bench. So why don't we take a quick look at the additions that have been made to this team? Ten new players. Um, I don't think we – Luke Pavicic is a pretty highly thought of goalie. He'll be a freshman. and He'll likely end up backing up Matt Murray along with Henry Graham. I don't think it's expected that there's a, a true goalie battle. But I think let's start off on the defensive end. Slava Demin coming in from Denver as a transfer. Ryan Ufko and Scotty Morrow. Uh, three guys who my guess will all be in the lineup on, on opening night. Um, what are, are there players of those three who you guys think will make bigger impacts this year? Uh, I definitely have to go with Scott Morrow. I mean, granted he's a freshman, but when we talked to Carvel, as you mentioned earlier, uh, he said he's a pretty big dude and a strong kid. Six uh, two. He's definitely going to be able to throw some body around. He was the 40th overall pick in the NHL draft last season. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he does for UMass. And he's got big shoes to fill with the departures, as we mentioned, Zach Jones, Mark Del Geizo, those type of guys. So looking forward to seeing Scott Morrill fit in. But I think he's going to have a pretty big role, uh, especially with where he went in the draft. The expectations are going to be rather high. 
Yeah, uh, Devin, I'm going to agree with you there. I think Scott Morrow is going to contribute big um, as a freshman. Um, he obviously, like you said, was drafted pretty high by the Hurricanes in this year's draft. He's got a lot of expectations. And he's, uh, he's, he's used to being uh, a young guy on uh, an older, on maybe an older group of guys. Um, I, I looked at I looked at his stats on elite prospects and he was a uh, underager at the U18 level for Shattuck St. Mary's, one of the most uh, renowned uh, prep schools in all of in America for, um, for hockey. And he put up 52 points in 53 games as a 16 year old, uh, second year U16 playing on the U18 uh, Shattuck St. Mary's team. So, he can use that experience as a younger guy in an older, an older team, an older situation to maybe uh, give himself a bit of an edge as a freshman coming in uh, in what is considered an, an older league in the NCAA. Yeah, I think just his full stats from his time at Shattuck are just completely ridiculous. Uh, in 129 games for, for Shattuck St. Mary's, he put up 45 goals, 122 assists for a total of 149 points in those 129 games. So he was averaging significantly above a point per game playing for, you know, as you mentioned, a top five prep program in the country. Obviously, Bobby Trevino also spent time at Shattuck. They consistently churn out really high quality players, but he played, you know, only eight games at the USHL level. Six of them were in the playoffs. Um, this last year, but when we talked to Carville earlier, he didn't seem like he was too concerned. Uh, he said that <laughs> Scott, that Morrow would uh, be able to squish either him or myself um, just based on his size. I don't think we should look past Ufko either. I mean, this is a guy who was before Morrow flipped from UND, he was going to be the, like the prize defenseman in this incoming class. He put up you know, 39 points, 10 goals, 29 assists with Chicago Steel, who are, um, in my opinion, the best run team in the USHL, although they did just lose some personnel to the Maple Leafs amongst, amongst others. He put up 51 points in 104 USHL games. And my guess is that we see him start off on the third pair this year as well. He's also a Nashville fourth rounder. So I would expect big things from him. And of course, I don't think, you know, last year we saw Gusevich play a big role as a transfer forward but this is the real the first real transfer d-man that we're going to see make an immediate impact and i think slava demon as a a guy with experience on the international stage but also with denver who's played umass plenty i think he could have a pretty big impact yeah i'd have to agree with you nathan uh, i don't know too much about the guy just yet but denver a very respected program they always put together a top 10 hockey team um, he's definitely going to be a big addition with all the loss. Um, Coach Carvel mentioned that he would definitely be able to fill in the shoes of the guys that have left. Um, and it's only a matter of time before we see it play out. As far as the new additions on the other end of the ice, um, you know, obviously there were some big losses there, but plenty of fresh faces, including two grad transfers here in the form of Cam Donaldson and Matt Baker from Cornell and Dartmouth. In general, are you guys in favor of, of the idea of bringing in you know, more experienced guys to, to help out, especially with the, the new NCAA rules? 
I would have to say yes. And in the only reason I would agree with that is because the precedents have shown that it's worked out when you think back to Gusevich. The only question I have is, you know, as we mentioned, 10 guys from the squad last year won't be returning. And a lot of them will be uh, grad transfers at other schools uh, that didn't stay here. And of course, it's past their time, some might say, but, you know, Oliver Chow, uh, always a guy who's going to get everything done. Uh, David Krejci type player, does his role, um, you know, never much to uh, get mad at him for. Um, Laganov, who had big games last year. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's a smart decision that bringing in guys and also letting them go uh, works out, but time will tell. Andrew, as far as the new players coming in, there's one name that jumps off the page, and that is Taylor McCarr. He might not be the most, uh, he might not be the biggest blue chip prospect. He was drafted by Colorado in the seventh round of, of last year's draft. But what do you think it means having a player with the McCarr name um, just on this year's on this year's team sheet? Yeah, I think it's going to mean a lot. Um, obviously, it's going to turn a lot of heads um, being a McCarr. Um, probably going to put some fans in the stands, even if he's not um, the superstar caliber that his brother Kale was in his time at UMass. Um, but I still expect him to play a good game of hockey. He play, he puts up uh, pretty he puts up pretty good numbers with Brooks. He also um, chips in a lot of a lot of pims. Um, so he's probably going to be a, a grinder type of player. Um, so we'll we'll see where he ends up um, this season and in further seasons. Um, he might might find himself on the bottom six now, but we'll see how he develops and it's going to be fun to watch his development. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing that coach Carvel has shown and this whole program really has shown that they are good at it's developing, you know, professional talent from guys who might not have been the biggest blue chip prospects to begin with. Uh, you think about guys like Jake Godet who really had to grind for their place in the lineup who are now playing professionally uh, you know, four-year players like Nico Hildenbrand from a couple of years ago um, you know, guys who, use their physical attributes, use the ability to play hard. Um, it, it, it works like this. There is a system at play here that I think works really, really well. As far as the leadership group, we got to talk to all three, both uh, Bobby Trevino, the captain, and the two alternate captains in, in Matthew Kessel and Colin Felix today. Um, I don't know about you guys, but Bobby Trevino has a chance to put up, I think, one of the, some of the best numbers in program history this upcoming season. Yeah, he's coming off an 11-goal season in which he also added 23 assists, total of 34 points. Um, he really was sensational, um, definitely in the talk for a Hobie Baker Award last year. Um, of course, that extra year of eligibility will help him. He's been to camps with the New York Rangers, scouted by NHL teams. He's really the real deal and just a pesky player that is just so well-skilled that just complements his game so well. And he's absolutely uh, a good person to be wearing the C on his chest. And I think he's going to fill into that role uh, and those big shoes left by Jake Godet really well this season. And yeah, I think, I think he performs, performs well, leaves a good example on and off the ice. Um, the, the way he possesses and protects the puck in the corners and like it down low is like beyond anybody else's ability I've seen at the college level almost. Um, and I think, I think that's going to help him a lot as in 
older experienced guy and, and wearing the C mean, is going to mean a lot too, you know, symbolically, but also, you know, proving himself as a leader. Um, and going back to what you said, Nathan, about uh, maybe not being blue chip prospects, UMass was the only team that recruited uh, Bobby Trevino. And now, like you said, he's going to camps and, you know, being scouted by NHL teams, which is so Trevino is just another example and a shining one of um, the Carvel system developing players into NHL caliber talent that maybe not have been before. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bonkers to think that a guy with almost 100 career points now, of which 34 came last year, um, you know, was only recruited by UMass. And it makes sense, I guess, like physically, he's only 5'8". He's a scrappier player. I, I It's a lazy comparison, but I've always sort of likened him to, to Brad Marchand in terms of just how he gets under players' skins. There was a series two years ago against Providence where UMass played them three times in the last maybe month and a half of the season. And he, his presence alone and the fact that he annoys opponents on the ice probably got UMass like three power plays, which is huge, um, which is huge. So I'm excited for him. And then on the back end, you know, Colin Felix is a really solid player. Um, you know, he's going to end up having played 130 games if he can avoid injury this year for UMass. He, and given his life story as well, I think he makes a natural fit for a leader, but Matthew Kessel, um, the, the St. Louis fifth rounder, I think that he puts himself in contention for the Hobie Baker this year. I think he has a Scott Perunovich-esque, another St. Louis draftee, a Scott Perunovich-esque season where he, you know, is one of the highest, if not the highest scoring defenseman in the country. Um, and, and my prediction is that he's a lock for all hockey East first team. Am I, am I wrong for having that, that much faith in him? I don't think you are at all. Um, I think he got, I, I may be, I may be wrong, but I think he got nods for uh, all hockey's second team last season. One, one of the two, I believe. Um, yeah. Second team, you're right. That's what I thought. Um, so he got second team last year and it's only, uh, it's only logical to think that he he's going to improve from last season. And it's crazy because we almost had a scare of him maybe possibly leaving for St. Louis, but we're glad he's back. We're glad he's got the A. And um, I think I think he's going to contribute very well offensively, being the power play quarterback um, on back there on D. And also just, you know, being the experienced uh, defenseman that he is, um, getting the play going, getting getting the transition game in, and just, uh, just really commanding the defense the way uh, almost Mark Del Geizo did last, last year. Yeah, and building off of that, Andrew, UMass has had an overabundance of success with offensive defensemen when you think back. Even Well, of course, two years ago with Kale McCarr winning the Hobie Baker, and then now last year you had Zach Jones who had nine goals. He's up in the NHL now. Uh, Matt Kessel has 10 goals. Uh, so, of course, you're getting him back, but those offensive defensemen have been a big part of UMass's game plan. Um, and having Kessel around in a more leadership role is definitely going to be a big factor uh, heading into this season. I think there's a lot to be excited for looking at the way this roster is composed. And we didn't even talk about guys like Josh Lopina, who, you know, he played himself into being drafted in the fourth round last year, just by virtue of his 
he's another hard-nosed guy. He won 55% of his face-offs. Like he puts in just incredible work. Uh, you know, newcomers like L- Lucas Mercury, who was a sixth rounder of Carolina. I actually watched a highlight of him today getting into a fight back in the spring in the USHL. Um, but he's he's another skilled player. Uh, Ryan Lautenbach, who who's put up 79 points in 103 games at the, the USHL level. Like there's a lot of talent on this team. Um, to the point where guys who ended up pick, playing big minutes last year um, due to some injuries like Anthony Del Gaizo, Eric Faith, um, you know, those are guys who are going to really have to, they're going to be pushed to improve, I think, in a way that a lot of programs might not, um, might not. Are there any, is there anyone who we haven't talked about yet who you guys think will have um, big impressions this year? I would say I'm looking for a bounce back year from Reed Lebster. Two years ago, he had nine goals. He was really starting to find his role amongst this team. And then he got injured last season, and that really stunted him. He was held to just two goals and one assist. But he's a guy who can definitely put the puck in the back of the net and seeing him healthy, seeing him skate in practice. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him put up some numbers this season for UMass. I think we're going to see some guys like Cal Keith you step up. Um, obviously, like you said, with the uh, uh, with, with losing a lot of guys, losing some losing some good forwards. I think um, Keith Hugh is going to come in and um, you know advance up the depth charts and uh, just you know perform at a better level than they were before. And you know the the uh, the competition can be a good thing if because they're all every player is pushing themselves and each other to become better and that's just uh going to make the team better as a whole so i think you know guys that may be competing for spots um like maybe lautenbach mcdonald uh they're they're gonna make themselves and the team better by just competing hard for those for those positions yeah, I think it's important to remember just how many injuries there were last year. Aside from, um, you know, aside from COVID scares, uh, you know, guys like McDonald, who had his season ended, I think against Providence in January, he put up, you know, two goals, three assists. Um, I'm really looking forward to Garrett Waite this coming year. I think he is going to end up filling the same role that Gusevich had last year. I actually thought those two worked really well together. But he returned a... a 200 shooting percentage, which is far and away the highest on the team of returning players. So uh, Carson Gusevich last year, his percentage was 283, which is just absurd. Like he was the grittiest player that I can remember. And and Carville alluded to that. And and don't forget to stay tuned. The next half of the show is just a a compilation of the interviews um, today and the press conference today. Um, But I think Garrett Waite could end up turning in a you know, another 10 goal, 15 assist season, maybe as a top line winger. Um, Cal Kafuk and, and, and Reed Lebster have had pretty similar paths. I think they've both dealt with injuries in their time here, but they are a very solid middle six um, guys that can play in the wing. Ty Farmer is going to be, I think, an important piece defensively. Um, you know, he he's not, I think, he, he stands out just a little bit less than Colin Felix sometimes by virtue of size and sort of play style, but he could be really good. Aaron Bollinger 
sneakily put up 12 points last year. And obviously he had that huge goal, um, the, the three on oh, three on one goal in the national championship game. Um, and Jerry Harding, who unfortunately missed out on that national championship game for, for contract tracing and COVID issues. He's another guy who I think has hockey East experience. I think, you know, there's a case to be made that UMass has maybe, maybe if not an even better roster on paper than last year, certainly a hungry roster. And so for those reasons, um, I am just incredibly excited for the season to come. Yeah, Nathan, I mean, I can't wait. The last time UMass won national championship was football, which wasn't even really division one back in the nineties and then women's lacrosse in 82. So to see a, an actual banner that doesn't say like runners up finalists, elite eight, whatever in the Mullen center national champions, that's going to be pretty awesome to see. And uh, I'm counting down the days till Saturday night. Any yeah, gonna be oh, sorry. No, no worries. It's going to be very fun to, uh, to watch this season um, progress as like, the, uh, the, the veterans take, take a stand, push, push hard, and maybe even, you know, help the younger guys to like kind of introduce them to what being on a national championship program is like, get them hungry for possibly another one. You know, they're, they, they, they gotta, they gotta defend their championship and it's, it's going to start on Saturday and, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they want to defend it as hard as they can. So, and, and like you said, with, um, with on paper it's it's going to be a lot um it, it's going to be there there's going to have a lot of draft picks um more more than a, a while i would say and just uh, besides besides that it's going to the the talent coming back and uh, you know the new talent is going to be um very very exciting to watch well, they've got a really big test ahead of them with Minnesota State. 18 players on Minnesota State's roster born uh, before the year 2000, which uh, makes them one of the oldest teams in the country. I'm, I'm waiting for college hockey news. to I think they might have done it already, but I'll double check to, to get all of the teams in roster-wise for this coming year. But nonetheless, it should be two barn burner games this coming weekend. Mullen Center should be sold out both nights. I am very excited to be on the call for them. And Andrew, you'll be joining us on the call of Sunday's game. We'll have Scotty on the call as well on Saturday. And then Devin will be on the call for the next game after that, which is Friday, um, which is the Friday, the 15th, I believe against or at AIC down in Springfield, which, which should be a pretty, pretty much a neutral, a neutral site game given its proximity to, uh, to UMass. But for now, we will let you uh, listen to the audio from today. Um, you know, Mullen Center doors open at 6 p.m. on Saturday. First 3,500 fans get a free rally towel. But um, I would certainly encourage everyone to start showing up no later than 4.30 if you're a student and you want to get into this game. We know that some people like UMass Reindeer will likely be there you know, up to 24 hours in advance. It's going to be quite literally the hottest ticket in Massachusetts um so with that being said i've been nathan strauss for andrew and devin we will catch you next week and we'll have actual games to recap how about that um but we will see you guys then and hope you enjoy 
uh, listening to what Coach Carvel had to say. And we're going to include the part where he roasts Devin a little bit um, just for kicks, but it happens to the best of us. Uh, and we will uh, we'll catch you all next time. figuring out who you guys are with these new groups. I know that's going to be a process, but how has it been bringing in the new guys, kind of trying to at least pick out where guys might be? It's been a long process. It hasn't been really clear. It hasn't, like, from day one, I'm still, we're pretty consistent with the lines that we put together, but we have 10 new players, and onboarding them and getting them just aware, just comfortable with how we conduct ourselves every day and that's with three grad students from other schools um, so we do things differently and it's it's an adjustment and um, as I said we've, we're kind of set on lines and deep pairs but I'm not totally comfortable with it yet I want to see how we how we do against a really good team but I'm, I'm excited to get going because we've been practicing for four weeks and get to a point where you just I feel like they stop growing as a group until you start playing games and I feel like we're there now. Is having the leadership group you have with Bobby and Matthew and Colin and those guys, has that eased the transition with having people like that that know what you're about? Yeah, and, and that, that's where we're at. We've had that the last couple of years, you know, with Nico Hildenbrand, Jake Goddad, kids like that. It's really helpful when the captains are doing as much of the onboarding as, as I am and the rest of the staff. And um, I said this recently, it's really comforting to me having Bobby Trevino and Colin Felix, who, you know, they've won a lot of hockey games here, and they've built this culture, and they're, they're very protective and proud of it. And so they're equally as invested in it as I am. So uh, really good leadership, that, and that's always critically important to have a good year captains have to be uh, strong and this is a year where our captains are our best players and I don't know if we ever had that to this point. In terms of grad transfers you had great success with Carson last year is there a specific skill set or skills that you were looking at when deciding to bring those players on board? We've had two great grad transfers and what they had in common is that I, I had recruited them successfully before. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I knew them very well. I knew exactly knew what, knew what we were going to get. And I didn't know what we were going to get with these with these three. Um, but they come from good programs. They were good players. They had good programs. But it's different. Like I knew 
Jake Pritchard was going to bring this this charisma, and I knew it was a really good uh, good power play, and he'd, he'd put points up for us. I knew Carson was going to be the heartbeat of our team. I knew he was going to score the ugliest goals and celebrate like <laughs> like nobody else. I didn't know what to expect from these three kids. Um, I didn't really know any of them as players, even though we played Denver a number of times over the last couple of years. Um, but they're all quality kids. That you know, they wouldn't be here if they weren't quality kids. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, Demon, Demon will play with Kessel. Play a lot on the back end. Um, Donaldson is, uh, is Donaldson Baker didn't play hockey for a year and a half, so you can see that they're behind. I, I know that they're more than what they're showing right now, but Donaldson's really starting to. I think he's starting to feel it. Baker said he's starting to feel like a hockey player again for the first time. So I think those guys still need some time um, before we know what they what they're really going to bring to our team. He'll be without Ben Barr this season. What? what? Was Ben Barr. I am? Yeah. So. Damn it. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Jill, why didn't you let me know this? Uh, anyways, what was the search for a new assistant coach like, and what have you liked about Matt Lindsay here? Um, I hate the search process. I, uh, I don't enjoy it. Um, it wasn't as... Uh, was different than I thought it was going to be. You know, you win a national championship, and you know we're a, a good a school with good resources, so we pair our staff well. I thought there'd be a bigger pool, and there wasn't. That doesn't mean I, didn't, you know, Matt was a guy. When I heard, when I knew Ben was leaving, Matt was immediately a guy in my mind. Like it's probably going to be a short list guy. And then he really sold himself, and he really, and when I hire. A lot of it is like I want to see who really, really, really wants the job, and, and Matt, you could tell he did. He was very. Yeah, I I appreciate when uh, people are proactive and pretty forward, uh, keep reaching out, and, and he that's what he did. You could tell he really, really, you know, he'd been at Penn State ten years, and I understand that part of it is, hey, I probably need to shake things up and try something new, and the fact that you know this is an area he grew up in and. Um, knows Jared really well. I, I knew that was going to be a good um, mixture with those two guys. And I, I, much like when I hired Ben, I knew Ben kind of peripherally. Same with Matt, just seeing him on the road. I liked how he carried himself. I know he's a good person. He has a good personality, uh, good energy about him. So um, even though the pool wasn't huge, I probably would have hired the same guy. Steve also got promoted in the offseason what, what's his new role been like for you guys as a staff well that's a role that nobody on the outside would understand that it's really it's important you know we we try to be really structured organized <clears throat> very no gray area in anything we do and, and so his job there's a lot of details in what he does and he makes sure that everybody is on the same page and Everybody's aware of everything, and you need somebody who's really uh, organized and detailed, and, and that's Stevie. And you also need to be a problem solver for me because, uh, you know, all, you know, I got all these different software programs and all this. And like, Stevie, get in here. Like, my computer's not working. So you have to be my kind of personal you know, support group. So 
Um, how happy are you with where Matt Murray's at this year now, being it looks like he's going to be the starter? Uh, and just what are your expectations for him? Yeah, well, I expect he's going to play a lot of a lot of hockey. I really don't evaluate the goalies. Jared does all that. Are you going to ask all the goalie questions this year? No, no, that was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Get that straight. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great. Hopefully he's really good and you guys just don't have to ask him questions about who's playing. And, you know, um, it should be. Like he, he already owns a lot of records here for goaltender. And he's just going to hopefully add those stats. I, I've i seen Matt just incrementally get better and better and better and mature and mature and mature and get stronger. Um, so I'm excited for him because he's on the bench for a lot of games and a lot of big games here and uh, he only came back because you know, it was a situation where he was going to get to play you know, the vast majority of the games. And what does your preparation look like this year in comparison to last when you weren't focusing on your opponent as much as like the team? Say that again. Um, what does your preparation look like this year um, in comparison to last year when your focus last year was less on the opponent and more on your team as a whole? Pretty similar. I know uh, the difference was just trying to juggle it through COVID and not knowing when you were going to play, not knowing who you are like you say, not knowing who you are going to play until a couple days before, but really no difference. We're, it's different with the first game of the year because you have a month to prepare for one team, you know, but it's, you know, we always talk about it's, we just worry about how we play we play to our standard, we'll, we'll probably win, not we'll probably lose. But preparation hasn't been that different. Not really much. Are you looking forward to being in front of people? Again, I, I imagine like the crowd is something that comes to mind a ton, but I know you have talked so much about how this community being behind this team and the university has supported this team so well. Is it going to be important to be able to share this with them a little bit and let them kind of be a part of this again in a more direct way? That, that was the obviously the downside of it is that those kids accomplished so much and did it in front of very few eyes and um, it was weird last year when we hosted the hockey's championship and we came out and you could tell there were like 10 extra people in the building and it felt strange it's like what are they doing here so you know we have 8,000 it'll be unusual I mean we went to Fenway a couple of times this summer and, and so I've been in crowds which is and it's awesome to feel that energy again, but uh, it would be pretty, pretty sad if we were raising a banner without, you know, the community here to experience it. And I, I hope, I hope the kids get the, you know, the, the cheer, that the applause that they deserve. It's pretty, pretty, um, pretty incredible what what they did last year. And uh, you know, being national champions is that's big time. I hope everybody's celebrating it and enjoying it. Because um, even if you're the best team, you you got to be lucky too. And I felt it felt like that last year. Just felt like things were lining up for us. And you know, even with the COVID scare, it still didn't. It wasn't enough to, to to stop our our momentum. And so I'm real excited. I'm real proud that we're gonna hang a couple banners, and they'll hang they'll hang there for the rest of the time here at Mullins after I'm gone, so um, I'm extremely proud, uh, 
excited that my family will be in the attendance and extended family and, and the student body. And, uh, you know, I've been here for five years and I've made a lot of connections and I'm excited to uh, have all those people on, on in the Mullins. It, it'll be a night that I will uh, hopefully never forget. Obviously, you guys have been sort of built on defense these past few years. I'm just curious how you felt your back end has come together as a group this year in terms of the new faces and also some of your veteran guys now. I think uh, we have a really good back end, although you know, we have three new faces. It's, um, and Aaron Bollinger's coming back from surgery, so that adds a, you know, the, the, puts a sprinkle on it as well. But we have a really nice combination. We've got big bodies with Kessel and Felix and, and Devin. Or, um, Devin are all six foot two and taller. We have really good skill level um, with uh, Scotty Morrill, six foot two also. So we, we have a really nice combination of size and, and skill back there. And we've got, to me, seven really good Division One defensemen and even our, our eighth defenseman. Alger who doesn't get to play because we have so many good defensemen he's capable too so I think uh, just as last year you know if, if Matt Murray can make saves I think our back end will make us a really good team and we're just trying to build the depth on forward uh, I feel like we've got our first line who's really strong our second line is really starting to come together we need, uh, we need a third line just to make obvious to me who our third line should be by, by being productive on the ice. Um, I think we've got a lot of really good depth everywhere except in net where we've got Matt and it's, a, it's you know, a freshman and a sophomore after that we've never played a game. In, in terms of Scotty Morrow, just fewer than 10 games at the, the USHL level, is there any concern about him going up against like a big physical Minnesota State team that are going to be three and four years older than him or that sort of trial by fire? Scotty yet? Not yet. He's big. <laughs> so he'll be fine. He, uh, he'll, he'd squash you and me pretty quickly. Um, no, he's a big, big, strong kid. Uh, he played, probably played an extra year for me because of COVID. Went to Shattuck, back to Shattuck. He's a second round draft. He's a high second round draft pick. He's, he's, uh, I'm not concerned about uh, the physical part of it. It's just, the, I think, the quality of play level of play will be uh, will be eye-opening but you know it's different it used to be, uh, you know I think people used to think just because you're a freshman you're not ready but now these kids come in as freshmen and they can be really good players from day one I expect that will be the case with him. <laughs> uh, how are you doing all right? You doing just chilling? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Feeling healthy, feeling good on the ice. <laughs> Team's uh, been buzzing around, so it's been good so far. What has it been like adjusting to all of the new guys and their departures and sort of getting used to who this team is? 
Yeah, it's it's different every year. I mean, this year we have about 10 new guys, um, two transfers and a bunch of freshmen. So it's, you know, got to get to know the guys, got to hang out a bunch, um, just get to know each other and figure out how we are on the ice together and build some chem. Uh, but it's, good. it's been good. We always have great guys in the locker room. Carp does a great job of uh, bringing in really good kids. So there's been no problem so far. I love, love the team so far. You're the captain now. I'm just curious what your goals are for yourself as a leader and also for your team and this upgraded leadership role that you have now. Yeah, I mean, I've been under great leadership before. You know, Nico, Nico Hildenbrand and Gods and Chafee and uh, Kale and Mario. I've learned a lot from them, and it's just mostly by leading by example. I just want to do, do the right things all the time. Um, and I want the younger kids to look up to me just the way, same way I looked up to those type of players. And what are you expecting to see from Minnesota State? They're a very good team. They play hard. I mean, I think they're very similar to us uh, where, you know, they're playing fast. They, they have a really good coach uh, that gives out a really good game plan. Um, so, you know, we're expecting a really, you know, tight defensive game that that's uh, definitely going to be hard to play against, but we're ready to go for sure. You guys had kind of quite the summer being able to celebrate and enjoy this. Did that help kind of you guys be able to refocus, just kind of getting the celebrating almost out of the way so you focus on the season? Yeah, a little bit. I mean... We won during the COVID year, so there wasn't any fans, and it was nice to celebrate a little bit over the summer. But I think uh, we're past that now. We're definitely, you know, hungry for the next one. There's, there's no complacency here between the coaching staff, the guys that have won it last year in the locker room, and I know the new guys want to do the same thing this year. So I think there's no complacency whatsoever. Building off of that, um, how excited are you for a full house, packed house in the Millie on, on Saturday? Yeah, we, it's going to be great. Um, half this team doesn't even know what that's like. You know, they don't know what campus is like. They obviously had a little bit of a feel so far this year uh, for campus. But, yeah, the Moly is a, it's a different animal. You know, I've, I've played games here against, like, Quinnipiac where it's sold-out show. Um, you know, it's definitely exciting, but I'm trying to keep the focus inside the rink for sure. And what are you looking to see from the team going into opening night? Just a lot of energy, you know. Uh, the crowd's going to bring a lot of energy. I think there's going to be a lot of students there. Um, you know, they're a very good team, like I said before. So, you know, I think our energy has to be there. We've got to be match theirs and exceed it and, uh, you know, just have a really good game, try to just battle hard um, and see what happens.